0: A radio show that confesses Christ.
1: Without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously.
2: Without taking ourselves so seriously.
1: You're listening to
3: Table Talk Radio.
0: And the problem that God has with that is that He didn't command it or institute it. He he only wants images that He commands and institutes to be made. And when He makes Himself... When when the scripture says that Jesus is the very image of God, then he has made an image of himself for us, Jesus. And if we were to not have pictures of Jesus, then we would be breaking the
2: second commandment. But now all this rests upon this moment and that you must do the right thing in order to reap the benefits of this. If you're going to be forgiven, if you're going to be atoned for, if you're going to get the imputed righteousness of God, you must then... Do this, And and this is what's so terrible about what we call decision theology, is that it, it takes everything away of
0: the gospel and puts it all back on the law. I mean, this is a stop-the-press sort of thing to see God, you know?
3: Wow! That's amazing!
0: Stop the song! Tell us about that! That's great!
2: Lutheranism's favorite, noise pollution. This is Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Welcome to the program. Uh, we have a light-up... Uh... You remember this game we used to play uh, ages ago called Biggest Loser, our, our sermon diagnostic game? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's back on Table Talk Radio yeah. today. So uh, that's Finally. Something, something to look forward to uh, You know, for, in case you had nothing else to look forward to. If you're not just looking forward to the, the wonderful personalities of Table Talk Radio, maybe Biggest Loser is something to look forward
0: to. <laughs> If you say so. Isn't uh isn't the biggest loser, the problem with it is it involves a lot of preparation? Yes. Yeah, I have to listen to two terrible
2: sermons and then go through there and clip out the good and the bad. and ugh. That's why I'm so grumpy, can't you tell?
0: Yeah, I'm not grumpy, I'm just tired. <laughs> why are you I'm so Trump tired? i waking up still today. I, I, I don't know. Just... not you go to, to bed to on time or what? Uh, their sleep to awake ratio is off.
2: Yeah. Remember, remember when you were single and uh, and and you could just stay up all night and no problems whatsoever. Now you have to like, you know, get the kids ready in the morning and and brush their teeth bl- and tie the shoes and. I've <sighs> blocked those single days out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> just well, keep telling yourself it's nice. Maybe you maybe you can <laughs> come out to the fort sometime. I'll I'll show you I'll show you. What was oh
0: like. yeah. Okay. A good time. If you given can you give it out there? Who wants to date a seminarian? Line number yet or what? <laughs> that that uh,
2: that line is down. For some reason, okay. it got dis- disconnected. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, after buzzwords and responding to some emails, as we said, a Biggest Loser. And if we have some time, we're gonna do a quick praise song crunch. So this is uh, talk radio for the emotional Christian. Nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's start off with this email. Uh, do you have this handy?
0: Oh, you want to talk about Pastor Charmley's email? I was looking for the other ones. Oh, yeah. Okay. Here's okay, Pastor Charmley. The, well, I, well, I got it here.
2: Well, I, we Dear do have a I forgot
0: about buzzwords. Do you have a buzzword? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I do
2: have a buzzword. Okay. My buzzword is invocation. Uh, it comes from uh, the oh, Latin nice. meaning to call upon. And uh, this is. The very beginning of the divine service, we say, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's the, the name of God. So that uh, our our worship, our, the divine service, begins with the name of God. And this, this calls us back to our baptism. The day we received uh, forgiveness of sins through water and the Word. Uh, the day that we receive faith that we were adopted as uh, the heir of, of, of God uh, and, and, and sonship with Him. So uh, this is very appropriate. We begin the name... In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: That reminds me, by the way, of these videos that Pastor Hans Feeney is making. Have you seen those? No. Questions your Lutheran pastor loves. And uh, episode two is conversations with Biblicists. And so this guy says, Hello, Brother Christian, tell me about your service. And the pastor says, Well, we begin with the invocation and the sign of the cross. And the guy says, the sign of the cross is not in the Bible. It <laughs> <laughs> goes all the way through. Oh, that's f- hilarious. You haven't seen that? No. That's some funny stuff.
3: I, I think you have to out. go
0: to his um, Hans Feeney's blog, The High Midlife, and you could find it all there. All right. The High Midlife. All right. All right. Have all a buzzword? right. I have, I, uh, buzzword for you is Septuagint. Have we done that one? I think we've probably done it. Before. I was wondering anyway, if, uh, if, I, if I, is I use the letters
2: uh, uh, LXX if I, if I still get credit.
0: Uh yes i'll give you credit for that septuagint is the greek translation the ancient greek translation of the old testament so it's called the septuagint because it was said to be done by 70 guys independently they did the translation of the books of moses and came back together and they were all the same uh so that's the legend for it but uh it it basically it's it's not really a translation but a whole um kind of group of translations it it basically just means greek translation of the old testament in in ancient of days and uh, uh it was mostly it's this is an interesting thing mostly when the um when our lord for example our lord jesus is teaching from the old testament or the apostle paul or peter they will all, uh, mostly quote from the septuagint uh sometimes they won't they'll do their own translation but that's uh that was a translation kind of in common use outside of the synagogue, in in my understanding. We'll probably get an email from Pastor Charmley correcting me. <laughs>
2: we, we get those on a regular basis, including this one. All right. You ready for this now? Ready.
0: This is, Pastor Charmley was on the uh, show, I don't know, how long ago was that? Uh, not long enough. It was uh, <laughs> talking <laughs> about Calvinists and Lutherans, and Evan was being mostly obnoxious with his bumps. He wrote an email. We must have responded. I can't remember any of this stuff. Uh, But anyhow, dear Iron Preacher and Radio Clown, I was more a little surprised by the anti-Calvinist diatribe at the open of Show 139. Okay, first of all, you need to not be surprised by these, but go on. Anti-Calvinist diatribes are our bread and butter here. (laughs) That and the praise song cruncher. (laughs) Because for some reason the Calvinists like getting a beating. What is that? Did we figure that out? That, that thing where the you fall in love with your <laughs> kidnapper? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever that is called. <laughs> given that historic, uh, Pastor Charmley continues, given that historic Calvinism uses the term means of grace for the sacraments and adds the word and prayer to the list, whoops, and that uh, when I was on the <laughs> show it was Evan, not myself, who referred to forgiveness in the abstract, by which I think he meant God's willingness to forgive. While well, I insist on it in the concrete, i.e., you've been forgiven, you really have been forgiven, and you have peace with God as the result. Okay, it's doing, not, wait, wait, wait
2: uh, I want to pause that. I want to respond to that because, okay, so what I was uh, I wanted to ask him is about the forgiveness of sins, and no, I was not uh, asking about God's willingness to forgive. I, I was asking about whether or not God has forgiven everyone. Um, look, th- th- this is a wonderful thing, uh, Pastor. When, when in time has God forgiven your sins? Uh, the death of Jesus on the cross. Yes, and so we have uh, this reality of the forgiveness of sins at the death of Jesus. So now uh, the, we, we we can walk up to and you know Lutherans have the understanding of, of universal atonement. So we can walk up to any Joe Schmo and say, Joe Schmo, I know two things about you: one that you're a sinner because you have flesh, and two that you're forgiven because Christ died for all. And that's when the forgiveness of sins is accomplished. So this just blows the circuits of, of, of Calvinists, right? Because they say, oh, no, 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 no. If, if they're forgiven, they can't possibly go to hell. Uh, and, and this is, this is what uh, he's taking issue with. This is what we're responding to on, in show 139. We were making the point that, uh, that, that Calvinists don't have the distinction between objective, uh, justification, and subjective. So that the, the uh, forgiveness of sins is delivered to sinners through word and sacrament, um, and so they, we were we were making the accusation they don't have the means of grace and they go and Pastor Tommy comes back and goes oh but we do we talk about means of grace all the time we even have word and prayer so how do you
0: respond to that Pastor? Well the word is the means of grace there's only one mean of grace really yep. you like that mean of grace yep uh, the word. Uh, when you when you stick the word with water, then you got baptism. And you stick the word with the body and blood of Jesus in the bread and wine, then you have the Lord's Supper. But it's the word that is the mean of grace. Prayer, of course, is not. Um, I mean, there's a there's this little passage in Melanchthon. You remember this, where Melanchthon says we could call prayer music if you wanted to define it that way, something that has God's command and a promise connected to it. But it's not the promise of forgiveness. So, so that's why we don't traditionally call prayer a means of grace because it doesn't have the promise of forgiveness with it mm-hmm. now the, oh, and in fact, if you really want to get a, a Lutheran like Evan worked up, you can call prayer a means of grace because he's so anti the sinner's prayer that he'll just go berserk on you
2: mm-hmm.
0: true? Yeah. Is that true true that's true <clears throat> okay, continue with uh, about a minute here. Oh okay it's zwinglianism zwinglianism not calvinism that cannot see any connection between material things like the elements in the supper or uh, the water of baptism and the grace of god they are in error it was it was the zwinglians who said that uh, the finite is incapable of the infinite was that right, Evan? Yeah. I can't remember. I think so. so no, it was a Calvinist. <laughs> the, uh, the the Incarnation tells us that God has united his working in himself to material things. This is historic Calvinist, Calvinist thought, although uh, I grant you not the way most modern Calvinists think, their loss. Westminster Shorter Catechism says of the sacraments, now, did I get uh, bawled out one time for saying that the, you can't pray the Westminster Shorter Catechism? Uh, yes, you did. Just, okay. It says, the Westminster Shorter Catechism, the prayable Westminster Shorter Catechism says, A sacrament is a holy ordinance instituted by Christ, wherein, by sensible signs, Christ and the benefits of the New Covenant are represented, sealed, and applied to believers. Question 92. The whole difference between the Calvinistic doctrine and the Zwinglian is found in the word apply. In 1645, Robert Garner, a Calvinist Baptist, wrote, Believers in baptism through the faith of the operation of God, through the faith of the operation of God, have fellowship with Christ in his death and resurrection by the power of which the strength of the body of sin is more subdued and they are more enabled to walk in newness of life.
2: Okay, let's let's pause right here and then we'll continue this uh, email on the other side of the break. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. If you want to uh, chew us out for something we said, uh, you can send it to prbw at tabletalkradio. dot org or questions at tabletalkradio. we Be right back. Don't go away.
3: Hi, this is Dan Engle, host of Timeout. When I want to find out
2: the latest in theologically bad bumper stickers, I turn to Table Talk Radio.
0: For three years, The Biggest Loser has been changing lives. Biggest Loser saved my life. Bringing families together.
1: Right we preach Christ. And inspiring a nation. Take charge of your preaching. <laughs> Every day is a new day. <laughs>
2: For six thousand five hundred minutes lost. Over twenty-three million sermons burned. <laughs> and counting.
0: It's
3: time to make a change. Ready? Get set.
2: Go. Alright, we'll be doing the biggest loser
0: sermon of
2: oh, on Table talk radio in just a minute. Finish this email, Pastor.
0: Um oh okay. Uh, I'm reading this email from Pastor Charmley, our British Calvinist listener and guest, who does have a sense of humor and also knows something about history. But uh, but here, okay, so Zwingli would have trouble with the incarnation, not Calvinist. The waters now. I the problem with the Calvinist doctrine of the incarnation comes when they start talking about the Lord's Supper. That's the problem. By the way, that's me, not Pastor Charmley. Because <laughs> uh, we would never, uh, we would never say that Calvinists deny the incarnation. Um, well, uh, maybe we would say that, but not at, at right at first. But you, you got to get around to it because Calvinists d- say that while the body and blood and the human nature of Christ is united to him, there are he can have he can bring his his spirit to you, his divine nature to you, apart from his body and blood nature, his human nature. That's the trouble. Anyway, the waters of baptism can, uh, convey to faith the sealing of our pardon and our union with Christ. The elements of the Lord's Supper convey to us the body and blood of the Lord. The benefits of the sacrament are, of course, only to faith, unless you want to count condemnation as a benefit. Now, I think, I, I, I have not combed through my, west I have not prayed through my Westminster catechism <laughs> lately, but I do not think that that the westminster catechism will say that the lord's body and blood are conveyed to us in the lord's supper because this is the whole problem with the the whole remember this i should make this my buzzword manducatio indignorum the eating of the indignant you can't you don't get the lord's body and blood unless you're a believer remember that whole deal yes sorry
2: i was looking for my westminster catechism
0: i'm pulling mine off the shelf right now i mean off my nightstand uh let's see here. I'll keep going. Benefit okay. So what of the term ordinance? It simply means a things ordained. Fine. All right. Um Zwinglian position popularized by the nineteenth century Protestantism due to anti Catholic feeling has robbed the majority of even evangelical Protestants of the truth, but some of us are actually reading Calvin rather than modern Calvinists. You don't get table talk radio points for that, by the way, Pastor Charlie. <laughs> I also cannot pass by the fact that saying in the gospel God is resistible is begging the question. As for the law being irresistible, aren't people resisting the law over the world right now? Didn't Adam resist the law? So the Calvinists said historically that the law tells us what to do but gives no power to do it. The gospel tells us to trust Christ and gives power to trust. Now I think that the Lutheran would agree there, but the Calvinist would say that the gift of power to trust is like Jesus' word to Lazarus, come forth. Well, the Lutheran would say, like his call on the day of the Great Feast. I confess I know relatively little about Lutheranism, as we have many as many Lutherans in the UK as there are worldwide listeners to Table Talk Radio. That would be three mm-hmm. or four. For this reason, I say relatively little. Could you point me to one good Lutheran dogmatic, one-volume dogmatic? There was a question.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> because we've said Calvinists don't have questions, only answers. Didn't we say that?
2: Actually I think when I think the official communist blogger said that. Oh yeah. Um I think when we were talking about the resistibility of the gospel we were talking about it in the context of the means of grace weren't we? Yep. And so uh if if that we receive the means of grace through ordinary things like water uh though that can be resisted you know but uh when you have gospel in the abstract then you have a trouble with that. Uh and I don't know. So what else do you have on this? What's a one-volume Lutheran dogmatic?
0: That's a good question. Yes. Uh,
2: can we come back with that? Yeah. There's Kohler's
0: that. Christian Dogmatics, which is, I would recommend that. Uh, although he's a little bit, he'll be a little bit, um, he's got some receptionist tendencies when it comes to the Lord's Supper. But otherwise, that's fairly good. Uh, Edward Kohler um christian dogmatics uh there's uh of course the classic one that they used to use at the seminary when they still taught dogmatics was peeper's dogmatics that's three volumes but it's kind of uh condensed into one volume christian dogmatics by Mueller, theodore Mueller, i think mm-hmm. yeah so those are your classic dogmatic texts anyways what do you think of uh steven's stevenson
2: confessional lutheran dogmatic series yeah, uh, that, that's
0: not one volume, and that's incomplete, so you uh, got a volume on each topic. Oh, I see. So.
2: Not just one on the Lord's Supper, but uh, as a whole. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right, let's get into Big, Biggest Loser. This is the sermon analysis game where we uh, listen to a sermon, and we want to cut out the fat. We want to cut out anything that is not gospel. And then we, uh, so we, we pit two preachers against each other and find out uh, who ends up with the most weight loss and declare... Want a winner. Uh, so that's how the game works. Um, and the two sermons I have for you, the first one is by Pastor Ed Young. He's a pastor of... Oh. Fell. <laughs> You're already... Uh. <laughs> he's the pastor yeah. of Fellowship Church in Grapevine, Texas. Um, he's the guy, if you remember, he made you know national news, I think, a couple times. Uh, the first with his uh, sex series sermon, um encouraging uh, married couples to have sex every day for a certain amount of time, um, and then packaged this sermon sermon series and sold it to churches, including some in our beloved Missouri Synod. Um, I think this was the Lenten theme for a a, a church somewhere in the LCMS. Um, And then he's also in the news uh, when uh, he was less than completely transparent with Expenditures of the church, including a multi-million dollar jet. Okay, uh, so uh, this is yeah, a Hope, sermon. I
0: told Hope to to when that <laughs> happened to cancel the plans for buying the jet and switch over to helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: right. Well, this is the the beginning of the sermon, so this is going to kind of set the theme for the sermon, tell you what the sermon's about. Uh, and right before he says what you're about to hear, he just got done driving a. I think a 2010 Rolls-Royce Ghost onto the stage and just stepped out of the car. So here it is.
3: I read a couple of days ago where one of the top Rolls-Royces of 2010 had a recall. Are you ready for that? A recall notification because one of the parts of the Rolls was defective. And that happens a lot in the car business, even with high-end cars like this. Recall. Something's not working right, and if someone receives a recall notification, what do you do? You take it back to the dealership, you get the part fixed, the defective part taken care of, and then you're on your merry way. You'd be crazy. I mean, you you wouldn't be that intelligent if you drove with a defective part, because you could injure yourself, and also you could injure others. Today, as I start this series on relationships and passion and marriage, I want to talk to you about some defective dating habits that a lot of people have. I want to give you a recall notification, so to speak, because scores of us are defective daters. We make these ridiculous decisions about the person ultimately we're going to marry.
2: All right, so that's the sermon theme for the day. Get it? RPM relationship passion marriage, RPM cars. Oh. Boys.
0: See, see this, weird this, thing. I thought this is thought the to kind <laughs> of this is going to be about original sin or something or it's going <laughs> no, to be no, about no
2: no. Uh, no 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 no. See, this is the kind of creativity you lack that keeps your church under 10,000 people. <laughs> If you could only come up with an acronym that... <laughs> RPM, TTR. Uh, hmm. All right, so that's the sermon we get to listen to today. Uh, any, uh, yeah. Anything to critique on, on a sermon message uh, on Rolls Royces? And,
0: and I'll tell you, you have a really... We, our problem today is we have such a loose definition of the word sermon. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's crazy. This is not a sermon. Uh, All right, us what. So you, you you're gonna get more fat from this thing?
2: Yeah, but can you believe it? We're almost out of time already for this Ooh. for this segment. So uh, I'll tell you what. Let's talk in this next minute. I'll just tell you what a sermon should be, uh, so you can just know what you're missing. Uh, a sermon should be a proclamation. A sermon should be the proclamation of Christ. Um, it should be that. Well, it should be the proclamation of God's word, so that in the sermon, uh, we actually hear that we are condemned because of our sin, that we're sinners, that we're lost, we have no hope. And this is the part that people don't like to preach, right? Because no one wants to come into church and hear that they're sinners. But uh, that is the message that we're given. See, uh, it'd be good to start attaching this word prophet to to the pastors and preachers, because uh, the prophets, you you see them always having to preach things that they don't want to preach. But... They have to proclaim the message from the Lord that they've been given. And that's what pastors do today. Preach um, that that we're lost and condemned sinners and that by the sacrifice of Christ we are given new life, forgiveness of sins, salvation, uh, and everything that goes along with it. Uh, And so that's the proclamation that, that sermons need to contain. Uh, Amen. And, and so, uh, yeah, you can use acronyms like RPM if you want, but it needs to get to the to the cross. You know, Paul said, "I concern to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified." Uh, he didn't mess around. Even when he when he when he talks about relationships and marriages, he can't do it without talking about Christ. It's always about Christ uh, for Paul, and it should be for us too. So we'll continue listening to Ed Young's sermon right after this. You're listening to Table Talk Radio.
1: Low
0: <laughs>
1: no rider, real yeah. This is Chris Rosebro, host of Fighting for the Faith, and I want everyone to know that Table Talk Radio is my favorite Lutheran theological game show recorded in Evan Gagline's dorm cell.
2: All right, welcome back to Table Talk
0: Radio. My time was a piece of wax. Falling on a termite. Choking on a splinter. Bow, bow, bow. Don't you know the words to oh, that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like that song? <laughs> you must know that song well. I, th- I thought you were going to put that song for my ringtone <laughs> when I called I, I thought I was, too. Bow, 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 What's the chorus of that song? So un cantador. I think that means I'm a dancer or a bullfighter. I don't know Spanish that well.
2: (laughs) Obviously. Uh, Okay, so here's the next clip of what got cut out of Pastor Ed Young's sermon on RPM, relationship, (laughs) passion, and marriage.
3: In other words, if you're a wise dater, you're going to look and you're going to see who is driving the car. Because someone who is a follower of christ has given the keys to jesus they've opened the door jesus you come in you drive they shut the door and they've gone shotgun right and they sat in the passenger seat now it doesn't mean that you know we don't work or we're not involved In the process, but it means Jesus ultimately is calling the shots. Have you had the talk with the person that you are attracted to? Have you? Do they have a story? You've got to go for the ask. Are you a Christ follower? Are you a follower of Christ? Even if you have to ask the question, there's probably some doubt in your mind. If you have to ask the question, there's a good chance the person is not. Because remember, Rolls-Royces don't have to advertise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, has he mentioned a Bible passage yet?
2: No, no Bible passage yet. That's not that important. <laughs> uh, in fact, I'm I'm thinking, because I listened to the whole sermon probably twice, and I'm trying oh. to think of any Bible. Oh, yeah, there is, and you'll hear one later. There, there is one later.
0: So. Uh, right. so remember, if you got to ask if they're a Christ follower, uh, that means Christian, by the way, for those of you who don't know the new lingo. Yeah. Uh, then well, you've got you to gotta
2: ha- remember the Rolls Royce. But you have to ask the question, okay, Pastor Ed Young, are you a Christ follower? Are you following Christ?
0: Uh you're such a meanie pants. Okay. All right. Poor well, guy. <laughs> yeah, of course he's following Christ. He's got some huge church and a jet. Yeah, 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 yeah. A, he probably has a fish sticker on the back of his
3: jet.
2: <laughs> Here's another clip of Pastor Ed Young on a sermon, RPM.
3: Here's another one. I attend fellowship.
2: By the way, these are uh, phony answers to the question, are you a Christ follower?
3: Okay. Wow. It's like me saying, "Well, I walked into a Rolls Royce dealership, and I guess I'm a Rolls." So it just makes me a Rolls. No, 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 no. Ladies, guys <laughs> will even wear a clerical collar. Don't do anything. <laughs> Bark like a dog. Do the Jericho march. Stand up and holler. Preach sermons just to be with you. Yeah. So, 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 so. Remember, do they have a What's story? Some guy saying? Amen do they to have that in the background. Story? Not <laughs> only is a story is important. How about the book of Galatians? Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. Do they produce fruit? Where's the fruit? Nine pieces of fruit that a true Christ follower is going to produce.
2: Okay, then he reads through. I'm being a little, little, uh, trying to be a little concise with these clips. Uh, so, um, by the way, I'm going to go ahead and say it. The clerical caller doesn't really win the win the ladies over. <laughs>
0: That doesn't work. Oh, lass, Evan, I'm sorry. <laughs> All your inner woes come out. So what are you doing? What's I mean, Evan?
2: I'm just saying, you know,
0: I mean... Because
2: cause what does everybody think when they see someone in a clerical collar? They're priests. Right, and they're not, well, they're not known for their, their marital abilities. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> so
0: enough said on that. <laughs> father, father, would you like to take me for dinner? Talk about spiritual things. I did okay,
2: one time I was uh, in Panera Bread with my, my vicarage or not my vicarage, my uh fieldwork, uh pastor and we we're sitting there having coffee and I was wearing my collar and he wasn't because we just got to, go to the nursing home visit. And uh and so this gorgeous young lady comes over and says, excuse me, can you help me translate this Latin? <laughs> Evan, sure.
0: And I was like, uh, if only Deo, I Deo is God. <laughs> <laughs> I know a couple of Talk Radio uh, theological buzzwords. That's a true story. Okay. Um, is it? Yeah, that's a true story. <laughs> and you're kicking yourself. I should have learned should've Latin. Should have
2: learned Latin. Curse the Greek. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. I never even heard that story. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. true. I didn't story. think anything exciting like that happened to you. No, no, no.
2: Yeah, once in a while. <laughs> uh, okay, so <laughs> let's... Why okay, well, I want to respond real quick. Uh, I think we need to be careful when we talk about uh, seeing if someone's a true believer based upon these fruits of the Spirit. Um, because we have to really ask what they are. Okay, love, peace, joy. But um, it can appear that a complete atheist is loving. Because uh, you're looking at it uh, from a, a man-to-man level rather than how God would look at love uh, in his perfection, which we have by Christ. So uh, just need to be a little bit careful
0: with that. Yeah, it's. but we should also say that it's good, I mean, for all of you single Table Talk Radio listeners <laughs> and hosts, <laughs> that you should date and marry Christians. Yes, that's, yes. Yeah. So that's fine. And so far as it's a good piece of advice. Okay, but sure. But let's... Uh,
2: I think the the way that you would um, find out the information is to not to not see how much or little this person is sinning, right. uh, but rather based upon their confession, their confession of Christ. What does this person say about Christ? And that's what Jesus asked Peter, uh, "Who do you say that I am?" Right. Uh, and so I think I think that's that's the standard. So, okay, here's another
3: clip, Pastor Eddie Young. Here's something else, another one. Oh. Is this person involved in the church? Are they involved in the local body? Are they involved, to stay with the metaphor, in the car dealership? Stick right.
0: with the metaphor till it I dies. Don't forget,
3: <laughs> a couple of years ago, Lisa and I were talking to a friend, and this lady was in her mid 40s and really, really, really wanted to get married. And at least I've met this guy. He's awesome, he's all that. Really, it's great. Tell me about it. Well, he has this company, and he's over here and there and yonder. and He's got this huge jet said, well, from church. Is he a <laughs> believer? Oh, yes, he's a believer. Well, 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 where is he involved? What what church is he connected yeah. with? Um, I think, I, I I'm, I'm not really sure. I said, so... You're not sure, and you think this guy is all of that, and obviously he's not serving in the church. I said, that's a major, major dashboard warning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) On the royals. Recall, (laughs) Yeah. take this guy in to
2: the Uh, body shop. Okay, so we're still trying to discern whether these people are Christians or not. Uh, And this is a big deal, because remember, it's not enough... I mean it's certainly not enough to be baptized or anything like that. It's not enough to simply say that you're a Christian 'cause because that, that's just nominal Christianity. Uh to be a, a true Christian is is all about works. Um and so that so you're gonna obviously you're gonna start analyzing people on the basis of their works about whether they're a true Christ follower or
0: not. And that that's is the whole point. This is so weird. I mean this is it's like a because you know it's so you got the whole pietist yarn. I mean, which is what you're saying. It works is more important than doctrine, et cetera, et cetera. And he's doing it, but he's like uh, At the same time, it's he's trying to be edgy and anti pietist This is it's kind of a this is a strange it's a strange thing to me. It is.
2: I want to play. I want to cut you off. So I'm to play one more clip before the break. Here's right. uh, the last sermon clip.
3: Is this spiritual apartheid? God telling me that I should only hook up with believers God's not being capricious or cruel God is being strategic and loving you see the genius of God why would God insist on spiritual compatibility, let me stop here for a second you might be going Ed, you might be in the back row of the balcony, Ed you might be in one of our environments. You might be watching this by television. You might be in a bar somewhere watching this. You, you, you could be listening to this podcast as you're working out or whatever. You might be going, Ed, I'm the unbeliever. I am the unbeliever. I'm, I'm, I'm the guy. I'm the girl. I'm not a follower of Christ. Once again, let me say this. This talk is for you because you can give the keys to Jesus, you can open the door of your Rolls-Royce because you are a Rolls and let him drive. But you'll never discover the fact that you're a Rolls-Royce until Jesus drives. Never. Never. So, so God is saving us pain and anxiety and trauma and drama by giving us 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Why? does he insists on spiritual compatibility. I'm a why guy. Maybe you are too. Number one.
2: Oh, that's it. Oh, so uh, in case you want to you know, start dating, you can give your life to Christ so that you can start dating Christians. <laughs> no mention of the gospel. Here, You ready to hear the gospel uh, content? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Nothing, n- huh? No gospel. All 100% right. fat loss. 100% fat loss. When we come back, we're going to listen to Pastor... Uh, Carrie Shook of the Woodlands Church in Woodlands, Texas. Uh, sermon about how to go deeper. We'll be right back after this. We'll
1: Your very own theological court gestures. This
3: is Table Talk Radio.
2: Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. If you want to give us a call and tell us what you think of the show, give us a call at one 385 SOLA, one eight hundred three eight five S O L A, and you can tell us, uh, give us your remarks and comments on today's show. We are playing Biggest Loser, our sermon analysis game where we cut out the fat of sermons, anything that isn't gospel. Um, here, we just got to listen to, to Ed Young's sermon from Fellowship Church of Grapevine, Texas. Staying in Texas now, we're going to go to the Woodlands, Texas. Um, it, they changed their church name at, at Carrie Ch- Shook's Church. It used to be uh, Fellowship at the Woodlands Church, but now it's just the Woodlands Church. Wow. Yeah. There's not, that's not presumptuous at all. Nope. So, okay, well, here is... My brother used to live in the Woodlands. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got. In fact, I was just, I was just there in the woodlands uh, a few weeks ago. So. Oh yeah. I for the higher things uh, retreat there. Yeah. So, uh, here is uh, the theme of Pastor Shook's sermon. Here it is.
1: One of my favorite C.S. Lewis quotes is on the top of your outline. Would you take it out right now and look at it? Because C.S. Lewis said, "We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us, like an ignorant child." who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea we are far too easily pleased he was saying we're sort of like a kid who's playing in a mud puddle because he doesn't realize that on the other side of the fence is the miracle of the ocean we're too content to play in a mud puddle when we could be experiencing miracles every day in our lives. Starting this new series I'm calling Mysteries of the Deep, is we're going to take the passages in the New Testament that talk about the mysteries that God has revealed to us that give us the secrets to a deeper and more satisfying life and a deeper and more fulfilling relationship with God.
2: I'm starting a new series called Missing the Point of C.S. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Not, I,
0: I would just recommend against using C.S. Lewis as your text <laughs> and rather choose a Bible passage. But oh, let's come not on. But let's <laughs> not get too advanced all at once.
2: Okay, now this is going to work a little bit differently than the last one because I think the clips, if, if I remember which ones I picked, I pulled like, let's see, ten clips out, and I picked, I don't know, four or five to, to play here. Uh, if I remember the ones that I picked, all of these... Um, if you aren't a trained theologian or a listener of Table Talk Radio, you might think that what he's giving you is gospel. But I'm going to uh, play this for Pastor Wolfman. and He's going to tell us whether this is law or gospel. Are you ready? got
0: to pay attention then. Yeah,
2: okay. put the email away. Stop texting uh, all your friends. Wait, do, you ha- wait, do you have friends?
1: Oh yeah, haven't you seen Facebook? Uh, no. Okay, here's the first clip. And then deep is not Bible knowledge, but Bible living. This is crucial because sometimes you'll hear a a Bible teacher who just blows you away with their knowledge of the Bible and you go, wow, that was so deep. I didn't understand a word he said. But he wrote all this Greek stuff up on the board and he did all this other stuff. It was awesome. It was so deep. I've never heard anything like it. And the problem with that is the Bible was not written to increase my knowledge. It was written to change my life. It's not the parts of the Bible that we don't understand that bother us, Mark Twain said. It's the parts of the Bible that we do understand, that we have trouble doing. And so the Bible is all about living it out. Verse 9, it says in that passage, the deep things are for those who love him. So it's not about knowledge, it's about love. You're deep in Christ if you love him deeply and live for him deeply. The question is not, do you know a lot about God? The question is, do you love him deeply? That's what it's all about. You can be a walking Bible encyclopedia and be really shallow if you don't love Him with all your heart.
2: All right, law or gospel? Oh, that's all law. I mean, just pure law. Oh, come on, talk about loving God.
0: That's but look, look, this is—I mean, this is the kind of trick is that uh, so they're going to make a distinct now the distinction that should be made in preaching is the distinction between law and gospel, like we talked about. But here he's making the distinction between the kind of. mind versus life sort of thing so so this is you know the three ladders Mm -hmm. you know you've you've heard of that three ladders thing before the the way that um the way that a lot of guys will do this thing is they'll make these distinctions between the different three ladders and it's and it'll sound an awful lot like the distinction between law and gospel because they'll be making some distinctions so it's not just about what you know it's about what you do well that's a distinction but it's this distinction not between law and gospel but between two different types of law Mm -hmm. Between the moral law and the mental law. Between the thinking part of the law and the doing part of the law. And and then there's a feeling part of the law. So if you you pit those two things against each other. But it's still all law. He could have preached the exact opposite thing, and it would have been still all law. He says, it's not just about what you do, it's about what you know. Jesus says, this is life, that you know me. Uh, He warns against false teachers. He, he says to Timothy to give yourself to, uh, to the doctrine, for by doing so you save yourselves and those who listen. It's not just about what you do, it's about what you know, it's about what you teach. He could have preached that same sermon like mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. and it would have still been the same thing. It's just all it's going to be law, uh, moralism, mysticism, rationalism, all forms of law. All right, next clip by Pastor Kerry Sheck.
1: 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. When Christ is in me, I have the mind of Christ. So you don't even really have to pray for wisdom. All you have to do is say, God, just be my wisdom today through me. You see, I I have a choice each and every day. I can try to live the Christian life in and of myself and fail. Or I can let the only one who's ever lived the Christian life successfully live it through me. And that's Jesus Christ. And so every day I come to that place where I'm trying to make decisions on my own or I'm trying to have enough strength on my own to handle a problem. And then I realize I can't do it. And I say, thank you, Jesus, you're in me. And so I, I ask you right now just to be my wisdom in this tough decision I'm going to make. I, I just thank you that you're with me right now and you're in me. No matter what I'm walking through, even if I feel alone, thank you that you're here. You never have to pray, God, be with us. God, be with me through this. Now he loves you and he understands what you're trying to say. But I'm just saying. when you, It's not about him. It's about you realizing it. When you realize it, it changes everything. It's not that when you say, God be with us. He says, wow. They're not very deep. I'm not even going to bless them. No. It's just that you don't realize. That the same Jesus Christ. Who rose from the dead. That power is living inside you. He is living inside you. Through his spirit. And he's always with you. And always will be if you're a follower of Christ and you've received him into your life.
2: All right. Any gospel there, Pastor?
0: No, none still. I mean, this whole that now here's the other distinction, uh, the Christ in you, you versus Christ in you. Well, that's fine. Je- Jesus does dwell in us and the Father and the Holy Spirit by faith. Uh, and that's true. That the Lord helps us now it's a weird thing to say don't pray for wisdom since the Bible says if anyone lacks wisdom let him pray James <laughs> chapter 1 oh no. so we do pray for wisdom and he gives it liberally but um, but this the whole Christ in you is it's the old it came into Lutheranism as uh, Oceandrianism that's the error there but it's the idea that we that that the most important thing is that Christ is in us. We know better before Christ is in us, he's for us on the cross. That's where the gospel is. Yep. All right. We have time for
2: one more clip.
1: Here's the last one. But then secondly, not only should I thank him for his presence, but I have to rely on his power. And this is really important because it's not Christ plus you, it's Christ in you. Christ plus you is saying, God, help me in this situation. And that's great and fine, but you want to go to a deeper level, then it's Christ in you. Now, this glove was created to catch baseballs. This baseball glove was made to catch baseballs. And so, let's see if it will fulfill its purpose. Glove, I need you to catch this ball. Come on, glove. What are you doing? You know your purpose is to catch this ball. Catch the ball. You're not fulfilling your purpose. Well, that's kind of silly, isn't it? But when my hand Taiga. goes inside <laughs> the glove then the glove fulfills its purpose, to catch the ball. And the glove represents you and me. And the hand represents the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God comes to live inside us at the point of salvation. When we surrender to Him. And He is there to give us the power to fulfill our purpose. He is there to live through us with His power and His strength. That's the mystery that's been hidden for ages that has now been revealed to us in Christ, but it doesn't do you any good if you don't realize it and appropriate it in your life.
2: Okay, Uh, any gospel?
1: No,
0: no gospel. Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) I mean, look, this is the same. I mean, uh, Christ in you. Fine, fine. That's fine. But it's not the gospel. That's not how... I mean uh he, you got to the presence and the power of God what we really need for the gospel is the promises you got to get to the promises that his sins are forgiven it's and it's when Christ is outside of us in a specific place namely on the cross that our sins are being forgiven mhm all right
2: well here's uh l- let's see if there's any gospel ah. nope no gospel no. so both of these sermons tied with 100% weight loss. Now, both oh, this is what's interesting. Both of these sermons had a decision time that you could give your life to Christ. And it used to be that you would hear the gospel at least for those sermons. But now you don't even hear it for those sermons because that's too offensive and people won't do it. So, All right. I'm sorry. That's all we have for today's Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like the gospel in most pulpits.
3: You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, Tabletalkradio.org Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.